Welcome to the Food for Thought podcast. This episode is sponsored by Horman. Many in the production industry don't realize the importance of high-quality doors to a facility's success. In fact, high-performance doors can help your company save money and manpower and increase productivity. This is especially true for those in cold storage and food industries. To explore the ins and outs of the high-performance door market and what doors might be best for your company, we sat down with Whitney Hopper, Director of Sales, Cold Storage North America at Horman to discuss. Whitney, welcome to this special episode of the Food for Thought podcast. Let's get started. Can you talk about how high-performance doors got their start in cold storage and food applications? Absolutely, and thanks for having me. Um, Yeah, approximately 50 years ago over in Europe, one of the uh, conveyor belt manufacturers actually damaged one of their rolling steel doors, and they decided to utilize their belting material as their door curtain. You know, the concept worked well, the door was a lot faster, it saved them energy, and this new hybrid door system proved to be more durable and reliable than the rolling steel door. Uh, With a higher cost of energy over in Europe, the concept for high-speed, high-performance doors began. Can you explain for me what classifies a door as a high-performance door? And why would someone specify a high-performance door instead of, say, a conventional sliding freezer door? Uh, In a nutshell, they're designed for high cycles. Uh, The the pure definition of a high-performance door uh, is is a power-operated vertical, rolling, folding, or sliding non-residential door, generally characterized by 75 to 100 or more cycles per day, or 40 inches per second opening speed. And it's typically made to order and it's designed for higher durability, higher reliability with enhanced safety features to prolong the life expectancy of the equipment. A subcategory of high performance doors is high speed doors, um, which are non, which is a non-swing door used primarily to facilitate vehicular access of material transportation, uh, having an automatic closing device with a minimum operating rate of 32 inches per second and a minimum closing rate of 24 inches per second. Um, High performance doors are, you know, they're they're fast moving and and commonly used in a wide variety of commercial, industrial, cold storage and food applications. They're especially beneficial in cold storage in the cold storage food world because high speed, high performance doors assist in reducing energy cost, minimizing operating cost and accommodating high cycles with minimal maintenance. High performance doors include safety features and activation devices, which make doors safer for people, equipment, and products to pass through. Some high performance door models have breakaway and self reinserting features for minimizing maintenance. Many companies also integrate high performance doors for a progressive, growth oriented image. Uh, the, the historical problem with conventional sliding freezer doors are their limitations. Um, It's antiquated technology, they're slow moving, they're not very durable, they're very easily damaged, they're expensive to repair, they lose their seal, and in most cases require strip curtains. They're just not very energy efficient, uh, especially when a door cycles a lot in applications with cold temperatures. The energy loss from airflow is tremendous, and the food safety is unnecessarily put at risk. 
So how does a high performance door contribute to production efficiencies in cold storage or food application? Well, high performance doors used in cold storage and food applications save time, they save money, they improve operational efficiencies, and they enhance safety. On the basis of relatively new research in 2015 the, by the International Energy Conservation Code, they're recognizing the contribution of high performance doors to energy conservation. High performance doors offer new methods to achieve substantial energy savings while providing more efficient throughput productivity. These days, high performance doors can even comply with building codes for air leakage and new factor requirements. Doors that are designed to be EISA compliant for walk-in freezers and coolers with U-factors of 0.57 and R-values of a 32. High-performance doors have become a dynamic part of the building design. High-performance doors save energy controlling the airflow in the building. Air exchange is often the most expensive part of the total energy loss. High-performance doors contribute to the thermal efficiency of the building through dynamic thermal performance characteristics, especially when a door cycles frequently. High-performance doors are an excellent investment as they provide a fast return on investment as well as a very low life cycle cost. Can you explain how ROI would be determined for a specific application? Yeah, absolutely. At first, it might seem a little complex, but in order to calculate a return on investment, in an energy analysis, we utilize a worksheet that uses ASHRAE formulas. The resulting calculations are very good estimates, but they're really no guarantee of actual savings. One must first recognize that the data points and the information that are supplied to us are only as accurate as the person who's supplying the information. We start by making a site visit to determine the criteria for evaluating the performance of their existing door so that we can compare it to the performance of our new door. Uh, we look at the door size, we look at the wind speed and the opening, uh, we determine the type of energy loss, whether it's heating, cooling, or both. Uh, we're determining the warm side and the cold side temperatures. Uh, we're determining uh, how much time per day that existing door is actually left open. Uh, we're determining the heating source and what the customer pays per kilowatt for their energy. Uh, we're determining the number of days a uh, number of hours per day, number of days per week, and the number of weeks per year that the facility is actually open. We also have to determine the forklift operator's true cost to the business, what he gets paid by the hour, his benefits, uh, the price for renting the equipment that he drives to go pick uh, um, product in and out of the cold rooms. Uh, we determine the number of cycles per hour that the, their existing facility actually uses their existing door. We look at the air gaps around the existing door, the sides, the bottom, and at the top. We determine the R value of, of our door versus the R value of the existing door. We determine the air curtain efficiency that we're going to uh, add to our door system to minimize the infiltration of warm, moist air when that door is cycling open and closed. We look at the R value of the existing door. We look at whether or not the customer is using strip curtains on their existing door. Uh, we determine what type of existing door they have. Is it a high, another high performance door? Is it a folding door, a sliding door, a rolling door, or a sectional door? Uh, we then determine the cost of the new replacement door delivered and installed. What's that new door gonna cost? And then we look at the annual maintenance cost of the existing door. Do they spend $1,000, $2,000 or more uh, keeping their existing door operational? Uh, we determine the opening speed of the new door, how long the door holds open and how long it takes to close. And we do the same on the existing door. 
And we then uh, look at whether or not the uh, new door is going to qualify for energy efficiency rebates from the local power company. You, you add all that together on a summary page to come up with what your yearly and your monthly cost savings is going to be. Uh, the cost of the new door delivered and installed versus the total energy savings of the new door. Also have to add in or calculate the rebate that you may or may not get from the local power company to really determine what your anticipated length of time is uh, to receive your return on investment. Typically, it's between 12 and 36 months, uh, depending on how bad the customer's situation is with their existing doors. M most customers don't realize how slow their existing doors actually cycle, and they don't realize how much money it actually costs them. Uh, nor do they realize the energy savings from incorporating an air curtain with their doors. Some customers don't even keep track of annual maintenance costs on a door or know about energy efficiency rebates in the first place. Um, all of them are very important criteria uh, that have to be evaluated in order to determine um, an accurate return on investment for the customer. What are some of the renovation or new construction design trends you're seeing with your customers? A lot of it is around automation and uh, conveyor systems uh, to improve efficiency and reduce labor costs. Um, I also see a lot of facilities that are being built much taller to reduce the building footprint and also reduce the cost of the real estate. Uh, door openings are actually getting a lot taller and more narrow to accommodate taller reach trucks uh, for the buildings that are now six stories tall. Um, Greater incorporation of air curtains or dryers with uh, programmable controls. Um, Laser-based activation sensors providing motion, safety, and presence detection. Um, even new technology with uh, the controls on doors, uh, service support phone apps to diagnose issues or correct air codes uh, without the expense of an outside service technician coming in to determine uh, what's wrong with the door. Um, even remote door monitoring systems, uh, we refer to ours as M2M or mobile to machine, which is real time mobile to machine uh, capabilities of seeing what's going on with that door. Um, if it has an issue, the, the door itself will tell you what that issue is. Um, and that's 24 7, 365 uh, diagnosing capability and service capability uh, with your door. Uh, so there's a lot of new trends out there, but uh, those are the most common that I've been running into in the last 12 to 24 months. Well, Whitney, you provided a lot of great information for us here today. Thanks for joining me on this episode of the Food for Thought podcast. Thank you very much for having me, Erin. I appreciate it. listening to the Food for Thought podcast today, thank you for tuning in. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and just about everywhere you can listen to a podcast. Be sure to tune in next time as we talk more about the stories behind the headlines of the food and beverage industry. Take care. Have a great day.